I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Friday, March 8, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Welcome to a weekend edition. It certainly warranted. A lot went on today. Definitely worth the time. So here's what we're looking at. We've got a daily chart that never got to the area that I was a willing buyer at from last night's video. That's a shame. Got left at the altar down at the lows. However, we're going to take a look at an intraday chart. And I think there are some lessons to be learned. And I think there definitely are some good takeaways that we'll get from the intraday activity. However, before we do that... Let me just pause here and thank everybody once again for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and I also love the banter back and forth. You know that. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. All right. There's stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in a lot of different markets. So there are definitely a series of breadcrumbs out here that the market's been leaving behind. Let's start with the obvious. Was today a reversal? Well, of course it was a reversal. It was a great close compared to where we were earlier in the day. We gapped lower. We finished near the highs. That's a reversal. We almost close the gap left open from yesterday's close. Not quite, but they gave it a shot. Pretty valiant effort. They did find low today at the lower end of what's called the gap window. So the gap window officially, the low of this candle is 272.34. So the low today was 272.42, just above that gap window. I was a believer they were going to fill the gap, but remember what I discussed last night. They filled the first gap, the one yesterday, pretty easily and handily, and it was a pretty easy trade right out of there, right away from that gap. And then I said, is it likely they're going to do the same thing? I actually thought they were going to come down through the gap a little bit, and they ended up leaving me at the altar down at the lows. So be it. They'll fill the gap on the next time around, But this time, it may be good for some more upside from today's lows. So I'm expecting that next week, we could see the market go in both directions. But don't be surprised to see it go up for a couple of days following today's low. If we get some follow through on Monday, that's bullish. That's bullish behavior. Filling the gap, closing above today's high, that would be positive for the market and likely bring higher prices sooner than later. Remember from Thursday's video, we discussed that the spark could certainly be the phony jobs number. The market was acting a little bit kooky lately. We said that Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, they had the phony jobs number release. And again, doesn't matter what the number is, but the market certainly has an opportunity to react. So they killed the market following the release, which I think the release was a creation of a very limited amount of jobs, maybe 20,000 or something like that. But the number's always revised. So that's why the number doesn't matter because next month they're going to tell you that this month's number was 100,000, but nobody ever really cares about last month's number. So what difference does it make in the first place? 
It doesn't. That's why we just look at the market. And since the market was headed lower, I at least had a beat on where I thought the market was headed on the downside. Never got to my number, got to somebody else's number today. That's okay. That's the way the market works. So let's drill down a little bit and take a look at a 10-minute intraday chart. So we had the gap down. That's the gap down right here. And they started going lower. And I thought they were just going to do it. Just head lower and go fill the gap right out of the chute. Had every opportunity to do it. But here we go again with that sell the low, sell the break of the low. And then they rip the market higher. We talked about that just on Thursday night. And they ended up having a pretty good rally. And then later on, they tried it again. And I thought that was it. When they closed below the breakup candle low, I thought that was it. I thought they were going to break the lows. And then what ended up happening was, instead of going down to fill the gap where I was waiting as a willing buyer, instead we had a different organization show up to save the market. It's called the Friday Afternoon Double Bottom Defense Fund. And once they got going, it's one of those things where I've seen this before too many times. Friday afternoon, the volume is very, very light. Nobody's watching. There's not enough sellers around to push the market down any longer. They already tried twice and failed. Basically, the bears fumbled the ball and they gave it back to the bulls into the close. But unless you're willing to hold something into next week, figuring that we're going to get some follow-through. There's nothing you can do with this activity late in the day on a Friday. Certainly could have fell down again, but we've read this book many, many times. They float the market higher into the close leading into Friday afternoon. You look at the end of the day, and the market was basically flat. The S&P was down five points at the end of the day. And in fact, the Dow was even flatter. It was down 23 points, less than one-tenth of 1%. So by the end of the day, nothing happened. So what do we make of it? What's going on here? So far, it's one of the scenarios that we discussed the other night, and it's what we've been saying for a long, long time. This could just be another one of these pullbacks and another launch pad for higher prices. Now, Here's what we know, and here's what we don't know. What we know is this could be an important high so far. We don't know. It could be a high. That's certainly possible. I'm definitely entertaining that. We would have to do a lot of work on the upside to repair some of the damage that was done even in the last few days to really flip the sentiment that turned so quickly, but we all know it can happen in a flash. Everybody has short-term memory with the market. You go up for another couple of days, and by Tuesday afternoon, nobody remembers we sold off the week before. We'll see. We're just not out of the woods yet. All today was, thus far, is a positive development. Here's one thing we don't know. We don't know whether today was the low just yet. We need more evidence. We need more information, so we certainly have to see what happens Monday and the close. What happens if Monday the market gaps down again and we break the lows? Then we're going to come and fill the gap. It's certainly possible we need to be aware of all the scenarios. But there's more stuff, so I want to move it along. And let's take a look at the second market, which is my first favorite market leading indicator, the IWM. So the IWM finished positive today. It finished up 31 cents, two tenths of 1%. The S&P 500 finished down five points, 
the spider finished basically flat. So that's interesting. It's certainly not a big development, but it's positive nonetheless, and it turned before the spiders turned. Remember, two days ago, on Wednesday, the IWM got creamed. Yesterday, it was down about on par with the SPY. Today, it's now outpacing, albeit a little bit, but outpacing on the upside, the spider. So here we have potentially the IWM once again, another leading indicator. But there's more. There's other evidence that I want to point out. The charts look different. The SMH looks different from the spider. The IWM looks more like the SMH. We touched on it on Thursday night. Let's go back to the spider and let's go for a point of reference. We have the March 4 high. That doesn't look like the IWM. The IWM its high was over here on the 25th of February. So here's the IWM, here's the 25th of February. That's its high. So the IWM, very much like the SMH, made a lower high. That's negative in and of itself. That's on the bearish side of the ledger. Now, we have to separate two things. The bearish scenario I just discussed, the lower high, that's bearish, but that doesn't mean the market can't rally next week. It may or may not. I just want to make sure that we separate the two things. Bearish because of the lower high doesn't necessarily mean the market can't snap back to the 20-period moving average, for example. It can. about the VIX? We've been discussing the VIX lately. Look what happened today. Spike through the 50-period moving average, and look where we finished on the lows of the day beneath the 20-period beneath the 200 period moving average. Now, here's one for the reversal, folks. If, in fact, the SPY on March 4th was a reversal candle, then this has to be a reversal candle also. I don't think the March 4 was a reversal candle in the spider. However, I just want to point out that you have to be consistent. If you're going to call that a reversal candle, then this has to be one also. And what would that mean? You can do the math. Now, here's where things get even more interesting. Now, by the way, any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader should be able to identify the high in the IWM and understand at least two reasons why we had a turn in the market today, specifically looking at this chart. Now, I still thought we were going to come down farther But that doesn't mean I wasn't looking for the turn. That's why I said I was a willing buyer of the SPY down at the gap. Here's where things get even more interesting. Over in the transportation department, look at this day in the transports. Came within a stone's throw of the 50 period moving average. That's a tail candle. That's a reversal. We finished on the highs finished above the 100 period moving average after a big gap down this morning. That's a reversal. That's positive. And also, the canary in the coal mine, remember, this was the first market to make a high. Now, traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, take a look at this chart, take a look at that high, and take a look at all the reasons why you're not surprised to see the market turning here. Technically speaking, should we be getting a rally for a few days in the market? Yes. You can see how we began sniffing this out over the last couple of days. 
very similar but on a much more micro scale to what was happening in December, sniffing out the low in December. We were sniffing out the low here, putting all the puzzle pieces on, building the ledger, the bear case, the bull case, looking at the transports, the IWM, using all the tools, everything in the tool belt. I think it was yesterday, I'm not sure whether I mentioned it here or not, but I believe the media caught on to the fact that the transports were down a certain amount of days in a row. I think they had the number wrong, but the point was they started zeroing in on the transports. So here's the script. Now, I saw that flash on the TV. I have the TV on in my office, but I have the sound off at least 85% of the time, if not more. So here's the script that I know occurred over the last, let's just say, couple of days. They started talking about the transports down X number of days in a row. That leads to discussions about a slowing global economy. That leads to everybody waiting with bated breath for the phony jobs number Friday morning. That leads to whatever number was released killing the market. And the increase in bearish sentiment over the last three or four days, coupled with the fact that we never really did have institutional selling pressure in the market. We never had real, real heavy volume conviction selling. Doesn't mean it's not around the corner, but we just haven't had it yet. So we go with the facts. The facts are we haven't had it yet. What happens? The media gets bearish. We have a turn in the middle of the day on a Friday. Nobody's watching. We end up finishing strong. I have no idea what they said at the end of the day. But what I do know is we should get some follow through next week. And if we don't, that's weakness. And watch out below. Because they will go fill that gap and potentially some more. Since it is the end of the week, I don't want to leave out the weekly close. I mean, we need to discuss the weekly close. We were watching 280.40. Remember, last week we closed above by two pennies. It looks like we closed below 280.40. And it also looks like a reversal candle. So that's of note. That's a puzzle piece. That's on the table. But what did we also do? We also came into the 50 period moving average and bounced off of it. And looking at this chart, it gives you a different perspective than the daily chart. When you look at this chart, what happened? We pulled back into the 50 period moving average, spiked through it by a little bit, and bounced off of it. We came close to the breakup candle low, didn't quite get to the low, and finished above the 50-week, but did put in a reversal candle. And when you look at it like that, we really didn't come that far away from my number, 271.20. They missed, but when you look at it like that, wasn't too bad. And don't forget, it's not like we were trying to short the market 10, 12 times. The market showed us the weakness. We picked up on it. It was a pretty simple call. We picked some downside targets. We didn't quite get to the last downside target. But I know there's plenty of traders out there that made plenty of money on the way down. I'm well aware of that. I got the messages, and I'm glad you did. IWM, same routine. We call this a recapture. It's the same thing with the spider, only that close above by two pennies was a little suspect. I put that in the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate camp. But this one's different. So this was the same, relatively speaking, high, right? So you had 154.48, and you can see what happened. We closed below that handsomely. That's a recapture after being up above it handsomely. So that's very bearish 
for the IWM. That spells longer-term trouble. Again, let's separate the fact that the market could rally for a few days, but that spells longer-term trouble. And by the way, for those newer folks out there, this purple trend line, we've actually been talking about this for years. And this is off the monthly chart, and you can see where the lows are connected from. And I just drew this on the chart a few years ago and just left it here. And you can see how the IWM rode up this chart, and you can see where we broke down below it convincingly for good. And now, maybe they're trying to rally back one more time to test the underside, but we've never gotten this far below it before. It's just interesting how we've been tracking this for a long, long time. Here was a breakout. We have a failed breakout. And maybe we have a rally back to the underside to test. Maybe not. That's a tall order from where we are. A little bit of a different picture in the transportation department. This weekly chart is actually more bearish. In fact, we never did get even to the breakdown candle high here. So this one is more bearish. So you can see when you start to look at the longer term picture, it becomes somewhat ominous. Again, separate the fact that the market can have a rally and it doesn't have to be just for a couple of days. We can have a rally for a couple of weeks. We can have a rally for longer. But keep in mind where we are from the bigger picture perspective. Until and unless you get a weekly close back right around or above the 50-period moving average, for argument's sake, we'll call it 10,500 neighborhood. Until and unless that happens, the transports are bearish. And they don't necessarily turn bullish up there either. They would still have to fight through this breakdown candle high. But this week, keep in mind, we just closed below this breakup candle low. So that's also a negative sign. It's bearish, closing also below the 100-week moving average. So these are all the things that go on the table. They're all parts of the puzzle. They're all on either the bearish or the bullish side of the ledger. The last few happen to be on the bearish side of the ledger. The Qs, same thing. It's the same script. Another recapture. Daily chart, great day, great close. If they get bullish, they're going to try and recapture the convergence of the 220-period moving average. If they test it and fail, that's bearish. How about in the financial district, the XLF? I want to show you something I find fascinating. I show this stuff to you all the time because I find it fascinating. I know a lot of you do too. So look at this close. Tremendous day off the lows. All we did was test the 100-day moving average, got a nice bounce off of it, and everything looks the same in terms of against the other markets. But here's what's interesting. So here's the gap. So here's the closing price, 25.98. That's where the gap in my book would officially be filled. Today's high happens to be 25.99, and the closing price is 25.97. Accident? Coincidences? I think not. Did we ever close below 25.88? No. What was the low today? 25.68. What would we say last night? 25.50. That would have happened if we filled the gap in the S&P 500. By not filling that gap, they did me dirty. They missed my numbers. SMH, same routine as the XLF. Also, same routine as other charts we just looked at. Again, as a refresher. Traders that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, if you need a refresher, go back and watch the course. This chart is right out of the course. There's three reasons 
why support was where it was, and if I stare at the chart for another minute, I could probably find two more. Speak of the devil, same routine. If you've taken the course and you're not willing to take this trade, then what trade are you willing to take? I showed it to you the other night. It was put on the swing trade list. I showed it to you. You were able to get a better entry than even I got. Again, three or four reasons why this trade existed. We're in the risk business. This is where you take the risk. Not where we are now, but it was down here. So hopefully you got a gist of everything that I'm thinking going into the weekend. We'll see what happens next week. It's everything I know. I'm going to give it a wrap here. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.